including TV shows, fan events, comic books, just everything that goes on in the morphing grid. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Joel, and with me is... Kevin. And like we do with every episode, before we begin, uh, we want to take a moment and really stress, highlight and underscore, that this podcast stands with solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement and with the recent movement to highlight the violence that is going on against the Asian American community within the U.S., but also with the Asian community kind of worldwide. Uh, There's been a rise within the last year, especially, of violence against the Asian American community. You know, um, the attacks in Atlanta are kind of just a a major occurrence in a long line. So Mm -hmm. we encourage our listeners to find a way that you can help out, um, Mm -hmm. draw attention to the matter, uh, raise voices within the Asian American community or donate. If you have the means or time, uh, Mm -hmm. the resource that we like to use is anti Asian violence resources.card.co. Once again, that's anti Asian violence resources.card.co. Uh, as well, like we've said, you know, since last year, I, we also stand in solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement, a resource that we like to highlight and kind of point people to that where you can help with that as well is blacklivesmatters.card.co. Again, that's blacklivesmatters.card.co. Again, mm-hmm. find a way that you can help. Do what you can to help make sure this issues are highlighted make sure that the importance is stressed that people get this and that change has to happen do what you can be a hero in your own way because until then you know all lives can't matter unless black lives matter and we cannot keep allowing this violence against the asian american community to continue right but with that said um you know we'll kind of shift into our topics for this week uh, we're going to start with kind of our reviews, uh, you know, since we've had kind of like every week now, we have new stuff to talk about with those. Uh, so we'll mm-hmm. start with the newest episode of Power Rangers Dino Fury, episode six, Superstition Strikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was an Amelia-focused episode, and mm-hmm. it's, I, I, I think it continues the trend that Dino Fury has had of being very good and kind of, I think even within this episode, we can still see kind of how this new production team has really kind of influenced, changed how the show is structured and how it works. Um, Mm -hmm. That being said, I think there is some things in this episode where it was a a little clunky, we will say in that kind of Power Rangers Mm. fashion. (laughs) Um, Mm. But overall, I really enjoyed it. Uh, What did you think, Kevin? I thought it was fun. I had, I had a good time watching it. I enjoyed myself. Um, I definitely, it gave me vibes of Mighty Morphin Season 1's episode, Calamity Kimberly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Where Kimberly has that, like, really bad day in the beginning, and then it just keeps getting worse. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it definitely plays into Amelia's character of being, like, in belief of the supernatural and the paranormal. Um, 
And I think it definitely was also a very relatable thing because we all, all of us have those bad days mm-hmm. where we're just like, I can't do anything right. Like, and we get defeated so easily. And so I think what they did with that was they did a really good job of making this relatable and easy to digest lesson, but not bashing us over the head with it and even saying like luck is what you make of it and kind of like trying to say you know if you have a bad day just pick yourself up and keep going so i like that yeah definitely and i think i I really like that solon is the one who kind of delivers that message i you know Mm -hmm. we've seen in the last couple seasons of power rangers them try to do this thing with the mentor characters and like i think with like keeper it didn't quite work as well as they had it hoped it would but i think Mm -hmm. solon is a very good version of this kind of mentor you know wise sage character that we've gotten throughout the power ranger series um Mm -hmm. also the actress that plays her i'm blanking on her right and her name right now but she she's so great i love everything that she does with solon (laughs) yeah josephine davidson um she is fantastic it always cracks me up because i still remember her on spd you know, 16 years ago. Yeah, you could, um, you could hear you could hear her voice come through, like, how, like... How yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah, it would be... I know they couldn't do it, but it would be so fun if they did have a Morgana cameo, but that would never happen. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely think that uh, Hunter did a great job portraying Amelia's frustrations and her fears, and she did a really good moment of that, I think. Um, I know, it was also... It was interesting seeing like their morpher get broken for once and then the villains had actually a pretty decent plan to get more sporks um so i definitely um enjoyed the episode as a whole i think the action sequences were pretty top-notch um izzy continues to be one of my favorites like she had some really good lines in the episode and really good delivery like when she was like well fighting a sporks is better than algebra i was like you know you're probably right um (laughs) I think overall the Rangers just interacting was great this episode. Um, Cause I think, you yeah. know, again, a thing that we've had kind of in like the recent, like Neo Saban series is it feels like the Rangers have always kind of been kind of uh, separated and like, there's not, it's never felt like a team sometimes mm-hmm. in these different seasons. Cause it gets like, well, we focus on this character then we focus on this character. Um, I think yeah. even if in this being like an Amelia focused episode, the other four Rangers were present. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we felt like the team, you know, they got to help out Amelia's grandfather um, mm-hmm. with his window washing, just kind yeah. of a fun thing. I just, I think overall, I think it did a really great job with that. Uh, mm-hmm. I also really want to highlight I, the Megazord sequence in this episode. Uh, the reason why I think, you know, again, previous seasons, I think the Megazord, especially with the like original cockpit footage they've been filming, it still never feels like. They always just felt like kind of an afterthought, like, okay, we're at the mm-hmm. Megazord, here we go. I think with this episode, they did a really great job of not only connecting it to the storyline that we've had through the whole episode, but also, mm-hmm. like, having cute little moments where, like, Amelia's like, all right, we're gonna do this, and she, like, misses and hits the thing, she's like, oh! <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I think they just did a really great job of, like, being able to play within the footage they had uh, mm-hmm. and make it fit. Uh, mm-hmm. I, just, I, I think overall they did a really great job. Yeah, um, I'm intrigued by what's behind the door in Void mm-hmm. Night Space. I want to mm-hmm. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's very it's very white light from Mighty Warfare, where there's just like a room. It's like, well, what's what what do you what's going on? What do you mean? Yeah, uh, I I legitimately have no idea what it could be. Right, that's back there. Yeah, my. 
I don't know. I mean, it could be anything. It could be because, you know, I think one thing they've done a really good job at in this season is, um, and it, it kind of bled over from Beast Morphers a little bit too, but like, I think they've done a really good job at like taking what you might expect from the Sentai. Because for the most part, I mean, if we keep up with a Sentai, and especially because I know you watch Ryu Soldier, yes. like you, you can easily say, okay, well, I know at some point this character is going to appear. I know at some point this is going to happen. Yeah. You know, like with Beast Morphers, like, okay, I know at some point Roxy is going to evolve into this crazed madman. Like, okay, I know at this point gold and silver are going to appear. Like, there's always that, like, expectation in general from knowing the Sentai and seeing that future. Yeah. But yeah, I I mean, I, I haven't watched Ryu Soldier. I didn't keep, keep up with it that much, so I have no idea what it could be. Yeah, and there's, I think what they're doing with Void Knight, you know, in just the Sporex Beasts and themselves, they differ so much from the uh, Trudeon clan in Ryu Soldier. Um, because again, this I think with Dino Fury, what they've done is they've done a really great job at adapting this, and it's mm-hmm. you know it's using those components, but it's shaking them up and doing something different with them. So I, mm-hmm. I think they've done a really great job, and I think overall, really great episode, continuing the trend. Um, I've been kind of surprised with like how little Sentai footage it seems like. It seems like a lot of the footage we've had this season is new. I'm not. I'm actually not. Um, it started since Beast Morphers, actually. Yeah, it just like, it's, it feel. It, I I don't know. It just it feels different because you know the Neo Saban seasons. I think we definitely like had like moments in like certain episodes where it was like a little bit of footage. The rest is all just Sentai footage. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or it's matching the Sentai footage. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's definitely something that I actually don't mind too much. I mean. Because of the fact that we've seen in the past Power Rangers get so restricted with its Sentai footage. And like, you know, I think of characters in past seasons that become out of character because they're having to match the Sentai footage. And I'm like, that's not really a good way to do storytelling. And it it reminds me and evokes for me a little bit of like Mighty Morphin Season 3 and some of those other seasons that I love so much. Because I think the seasons that really excel are the seasons that don't behold themselves to the Sentai. They they use it as the background and as the foundation, but then they build on it and do their own footage and their own stuff. Yeah, I and I think that's it. what a, I think that's what a lot of those beloved seasons, save for like Time Force, maybe. Yeah, time, that's you know, time, the big one I think. Of time Time Force followed Time Ranger pretty, but but even then, it still did its own thing. It was brave enough to do its own thing and move yeah. on. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think, and I think Dino Fury is kind of, I think, carving itself a really good path. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously, we've still got an entire rest of this season and then a second season to get through before we can, like, crown it one of the best. But, you know, I think it, it it's, I think it's done very well. Um, I'm excited yeah. to see where we go, and I think it can only yeah. continue. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I'm worried about is if it becomes a Dino Charge Syndrome. Yeah, but... where Dino, Dino Charge had a great first season and then it kind of fizzled out. So the only, I think the only kind of upside I, that kind of Dino Fury has, on, like kind of over Dino Charge, is it's working with a lot less. Yeah, um, Dino Charge just had so many different things because uh, you know Kiruga kind of had ten Rangers, had different other things. Uh, Dino Fury is definitely working with less components. Um, and I can definitely see kind of how we may structure things going forward. Um, so I yeah. think we'll be fine. I think it, it just, I, I'm excited. What I'm more, mo- more excited with this is 
I think Dino Fury has these good characters in place, and I'm excited mm-hmm. to see those going forward. Yeah, seeing their journey. Yeah. And, you know, I'm excited, you know, obviously we've had kind of Zato-focused episodes. We've had one with um, Izzy last week. Amelia mm-hmm. was this week. I know one is going to be Javi soon, where it's yeah. dealing with him and his Megazord. Yep, um, next week. And then, obviously, you know, we've got to get an Ollie focus soon. And you know, and so I'm, I'm excited to see these characters kind of yeah. grow as we continue through. And I think because we won't have to have a whole bunch of things introduced, that, mm-hmm. that they'll be the backbone. And I think because yeah. we've been building that, we'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it is interesting that Ollie hasn't gotten his focus episode yet, so... I mean, but, he's had at least like a little bit with his mom being involved so like we've gotten yeah. just enough and i think he he acts as such a good sounding board off amelia that oh, like no he did second episode oh yeah 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 but but that was more of a team one i think like it wasn't like 100 yeah. focused on him yeah and, and i think you know regardless i think he's been present enough that i i think we've gotten a good sense of who he is um, yeah. I think it'll just be good, like, next week to have the one with Javi, because I think we'll get a little more into his character. Yeah. Uh, so, I just, you know, I think they've built a really good foundation with what they have, so I think mm-hmm. it'll be good to p- play off that and kind of pay off more of that. Um, and also, whatever they're doing with Void Knight, which I'm sure will be fun. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're definitely still continuing that um, slow build. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh... And with that, so I guess, you know, kind of with that said, we'll move on to the Super Sentai side of things with Kikai Sentai Zenkaiser Episode 4. It's huge and noisy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes. So with this episode, we have our full team. Uh, We do. We finally got the fifth Zenkaiser, Zenkai Room. What did you think, Kevin? I know you've been eagerly anticipating the arrival of this character or, you know, debut of this character well not even debut what did you think kevin (laughs) oh yeah there was a new episode that's right um (laughs) uh you know i think it was an interesting premise um so it definitely continues uh because i definitely see it now like they've been doing a slow burn as well as in kaijuro getting everything together um and essentially you know this episode vroom vroom whatever we call him vroom i guess is the actual name um he finds out that destroying a gear restores a world he tells his boss because he's worried because he does work for them his boss is like are you the only one that knows this and he was like yes and then the boss was like okay and then he sends him sends someone to kill him um (laughs) (laughs) so it's definitely interesting on the villain side of things because it shows that he is trying very hard not to have his secret found out Mm -hmm. and I think that's an interesting thing to look at is, you know, what is Ijerud's plan? Is he trying to do something on his own or like, is he trying to not listen to his superiors? So it's going to be interesting to see what happens because I figured the, the head boss would find out. Oh, yeah. um, so of course, at the same time, they already were doing a monster attack with a boxing world themed monster um, who is able to make people become competitive boxers including but not limited to an elderly man a bride-to-be and a nun because why not it's sentai yeah Um, for sure (laughs) yeah the the nun appeared in the background uh near the middle of the episode and i realized it and i was like wow talk about a sister act (laughs) 
sister act. Yeah, we we got it. We got it, girl. We got it. Ding ding ding. <laughs> that that was a knockout joke. Yeah, you you know you you're really the Utica of comedy. <laughs> you can't see it right now, but I'm flipping you off. <laughs> Are you doing the double bird? The double bird. <laughs> I am now. This means I love you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sure. Anyway, um, but yeah, so we find out more about Vroom and how he ended up working for Tojitendo. Um, and essentially, he loves knowledge, and he thought he could learn more through them. Uh, he did not, so he was basically just kind of, you know, the janitor. <laughs> um, yeah. But through seeing the betrayal of Tojitendo and like how they'd always treated him, and seeing how um, Kaito treated him, like it pretty much became his decision to protect earth and join the team. Uh, and he became, uh, the go-go power, uh, Zenkai Vroom. Um, yeah, I thought it was a fun episode. I thought it was interesting seeing, you know, someone that went to work for them willingly, like he had his reasons and, you know, he decided that he loves knowledge and he wants to learn about the world. And, um, I thought it was very interesting because his fighting style is also very different from the other Zenkaijers. Like they're very much like, blasting people and using their guns while he's more brute force and brute strength which i didn't expect to be honest yeah um but it was nice either way um so yeah i thought it was fun action i thought it was really interesting i was really happy because like they do like subtle references and stuff of course so i know i don't know if you caught it but when they transform majin did the magi ranger m yeah yeah. Which is really cute. I was like, okay, that's really cute. And then uh, when Vroom does his roll call, he does the Bookhenger snap. They just don't focus on it as much. Yeah. I don't know if you yeah, caught that yeah. either, but. <laughs> yeah, um, no, it was, it, was, yeah. it was a very good episode. Yeah, you know, I've been kind of hot or cold on Zenkaiju. Um, like, I, you know, it's it's some parts I like, some of it I'm like, mm. I think this episode kind of solidified what it's going to be going forward mm-hmm. um, by having our Zenkaijus now aware of what happens when they destroy those gears, how they're releasing worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that being the path forward, as far mm-hmm. as what this team now does is very exciting. And I think yeah. getting room there, he, he adds something. It's a, it's a weird thing. Like, you know, it's been interesting with each of these episodes as we add a new team member, kind of how it changes the dynamic. Um, and just like having him there, I just, how it fleshes out this whole team. And I really loved that. Um, and I liked his character beat of wanting to just know things and learn things, because uh, that's definitely I can I can vibe with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I really I I just I think this episode did a great job, and also like, um, it's been interesting, and we've commented on this before with Zenkaiju, because obviously filmed during a pandemic, um, mm-hmm. so you know it's having to rely slightly more on green screen. It's just mm-hmm. interesting watching the show as we get episode to episode where that comes in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it's it's just kind of it's it's fun in a way to just kind of see it and kind of how they're utilizing it in just different ways. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's also fun too now the team is complete seeing how the Sentai gears will work with them cuz I I love the effect when they use the Dire Ranger gear and like each Dire Ranger kind of corresponded to a color that they ran to. Yeah, that I noticed as well. I was like, interesting. Yeah, so I'm guessing that's what they're going to do is kind of like, you know, obviously red will probably go to 
Zenkaiser and then Juran will get whatever colors left over, but <laughs> Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, I was kinda I felt bad for him. I was like, well that sucks. But yeah, also but it's it part makes of it. sense. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's part of it. Um but yeah, no, I thought it was a fun episode too. Um I did love how they used the Die Rangers uh Diron rods. Um, especially referencing Die Ranger by hitting the monster in a certain area. Um, yeah, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I was like, oh, okay. That's I what see what we're for. doing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, fun episode. Um, I definitely think that it makes the argument, because I know that argument always comes every, every few months, sort of like suit actors not being real actors, but these actors are doing a really good job of bringing these characters to life. Yeah, so. no. And like, <laughs> I think it's they're they're doing a really hard thing because not only are they having to act within a suit but like looking at the different types of suits like mm-hmm. the actor playing Juran versus gown versus you know majid versus Vroon, like those are different body types and like if you've never worn one of those costumes uh as someone who's had to do a mascot for stores before <laughs> they are not easy to move in mm-hmm. um and like i can only imagine trying to do fight scenes in one of those like mm-hmm. I, I, I'm even thinking of, like, when uh, Rune first appears and they, like, realize that they have to help him and they, like, pick him up and run mm-hmm. away. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like, pretty fun. That was great. Uh, just, like, stuff like that is hard. Like, I, But, you know, like, I think overall they've done a great job with this. That I, I, I you know, I'm coming around on things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just, again, like I've said, excited to see what the kind of path going forward with the show is. Um, we've kind of speculated uh, you know once they start using the gears that are from the actual sentai worlds you know will they become monsters from that particular world and what that'll mm-hmm. be like so it'll be exciting mm-hmm. but any other thoughts on Senkaiger episode four no i mean it was a fun it was a fun time so are you excited about your blue boy now that he's here yeah yeah i think <laughs> i'm like i think i'm ended up liking juran more yeah, I could. Yeah, I can see that. I, I, but he's Vroom is very cute. It'll be fun. Uh, it'll it'll be, like we said, as we've said multiple times, it'll be fun. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so with that said, we'll move kind of out of the TV world and into comic books uh, yeah. because this past week saw, I would say, a major title released. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, we talked about it last week. This, you know, this book is sold so well already before it was even released it already got sent for a second printing um mm-hmm. but power rangers unlimited number one air to darkness released this yes. past week yes. uh this is the astronomer focused one shot uh, mm-hmm. written by ll mckinney illustrated mm-hmm. by simone ragazzone mm-hmm. uh colors by igor monti and lettered by ed dukeshire with a cover by dan mora mm-hmm. uh, um and this was major <laughs> in yeah. a lot of ways um we we knew going again that this was obviously going to be focused on astronomy it was going to tie into the current power rangers art and that we were going to get a glimpse of astronomy pre in space mm-hmm. uh, that we all knew but there was um more to this than we could have ever thought uh, yeah and so obviously in order for us to discuss what happened within we're going to have to talk about spoilers um but before we dive deep into that we'll both kind of give just kind of quick what we thought overall um and then it will kind of highlight where we're going to talk about spoilers so if you haven't read the issue yet you don't get spoiled uh, mm-hmm. but 
overall, I really thought this was great. Um, L.L. McKinney, who is the first black woman to write for uh, Power Rangers comics and probably Power Rangers overall, uh, did a great job with this. Uh, I think she really nailed not only the character of Astronema, but created a fascinating kind of path to the character that we know in the show, but also played within the Power Rangers universe and expanded things in ways that we could have never thought. Um, I thought Simone did great on art. You know, he, you know, did the Draken New Dawn book previously, and it was good, but kind of had some kind of iffy spots. Whereas I think in this one, he really kind of ran with it and kind of did crazy things not as well not not only with like character mm-hmm. designs and kind of positioning but even just layouts on the page sometimes he did some great and interesting mm-hmm. dynamic things and then igor montiel on colors he, he did this um really cool thing where he played with like purples and pinks and greens yeah. in a really fun way um and just i think did a great job of like playing in like astronomer's color scheme but also did like really cool kind of dynamic things there um, mm-hmm. And as always, like Ed Dukeshire on letters is just killing it. Um, he does all the Power Ranger books. So like at this point, he's a pro with the Rangers. Um, mm-hmm. And he knows kind of how to play with like different things. But even like, um, so with like a certain character, the way his speech bubbles works, Ed did just like a really cool thing with it. And that, it mm-hmm. was just great. Uh, what did you think overall, Kevin? Yeah. Um, I definitely think that they did a wonderful job in establishing lore in terms of not just astronomer but also um dark specter and his empire and how things work um building on astronomer and ecliptor's relationship um i definitely think they did a really good job in terms of the release schedule by releasing power rangers number five the week prior because then you get the taste of astronomer ecliptor then appears like i almost picture it almost as if ecliptor is like reliving the memory as he goes to approach the omega rangers um but Yeah, I mean, it definitely, overall, I think it does a lot for the lore. I know some people have their opinions on if it's canon or not. Um, I definitely think that this can fit into the canon very well. Um, There are some other questions that pop up that I want to see more of. Um, But I think they did a very good job at taking Astronema and establishing her and what her motivations are. And I thought they did a good job of that. I know that uh, there were. Do you want to talk about the big spoiler? The big spoiler. <laughs> sure, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so let's. Uh, mm, so again, if you've not read the issue, we're going to spoil a big thing that happens. Even though we spoiled Dino Furions and Kaiju. <laughs> I'm just saying, if they got this far, we're giving them one last warning. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we found out the origin of Divatox. Yeah. We both had kind of talked about this previously. As we were reading the issue, we're introduced to three other characters who uh, are trained with Kay, as she's known then, or Astronema. Um, and they're all kind of raised together. They're put in these, they're forced to fight each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I heard the name D, I was like, well, that's interesting. I wonder, you know, could it be? And then at the end of the issue, sure enough, we reveal it's Divatox and that yep. her and Astronema have this past together. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. Um, did not see that coming. I 
you know, at first I was a little kind of taken aback, I won't lie, but I think the more you and I have talked about it, the mm-hmm. more excited I get each time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's a couple of reasons for that too, and that let's let's think about that. The first being that it establishes it's already been established in the show that Diva Talks and Astronomer had a really nasty relationship. They didn't get along. Mm-hmm. And it really expands on that, I think. Um because in the course of the story, um, so Diva Talks, Astronoma, the other kids, uh, they one of them is going to be chosen to be Dark Spectre's heir, his second in command, which also explains why Astronoma was so highly favored by him. Um, and of course, uh, Diva Talks and Astronoma, D and K, uh, they have to fight each other to the death, essentially. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, Astronoma does basically kill her. But then Dark Spectre is like, no, I want to save her. But she had so much done to her that she suffered brain damage and they were able to heal her, but she lost all of her memories of who she was. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when we see her at the very end of the issue, she has that very familiar gold mask and we are already assuming that she has the Divatox identity. Um, Which raises a lot of questions too. Does it mean that they implanted that identity on her? Does it mean that... You know, they t- just told her this is who you are. Like, there, there's a lot of questions there that, like, I kind of want to see this this be con- continued. Yeah. And I have a feeling it will be. I, I would not be surprised. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think it definitely, it gives a lot of different things. Because D is shown to be just as skilled as K, if not better than her at certain points. And it explains a lot about how Divatox became so powerful. Yeah. Even if her memory was wiped, I'm sure that some of those instincts, those gut trainings that she had, are probably still deep down in there. And it also gives credence as to why she was able to defeat a Power Ranger team. Yeah, for sure. Um, and kind of, it's, you know, one of the big things in the story is kind of the building of what drives Astronema, and specifically Kay. Um, mm-hmm. And we see at the beginning of the issue... Um, she's considered the weakest mm-hmm. um, that there's that there's something holding her back that she you know you know whether it's this belief that her she'll never live up to her family or that she doesn't have a drive we see kind of the crafting um and kind of how the lies that were told to her by ecliptor by dark specter how those shape who she becomes as astronomer mm-hmm. um, and i think one of the most powerful moments for me is kind of we see an early memory of D and K fighting in the way that D gets to her is by needling at her being like, Oh, well your family's dead. And like does this whole thing. Um, and that gets echoed in the fight later on when they're facing off to decide who becomes the heir. Um, Astronema has D on the ropes and D, you know, call, you know, says to her, you know, we're family, we're sisters. And Astronema has that dark moment of, you know, my family's dead and delivers mm-hmm. the final blow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's, Mm, it's so good like i think ll mckinney did such a great job of of taking what what is like a paper thin plot point in the original show it, you know if you poked it originally it had holes all throughout it but i think what ll did such a great job of is fleshing that out adding meat to this bone really creating something mm-hmm. that you could sink your teeth into that you could yeah. really just like it's so good it added like emotional cores to it emotional depth as well Mm -hmm. and and just i i can't i can't sing enough praises about what this issue did and what it like 
truly it, it changes so much and it shapes so many things in the power rangers universe in such an interesting and fascinating way because mm. um, i mean like even even going outside just like the stuff with astronomer you know the fact that we open with her taking out uh the it's the prism team yes the power rangers uh yes the prism power rangers um we see her taking them out uh which is you know kind of a shock but also it, it plays into things that we have heard about but we've never gotten contacts for so now we know right. astronomer was the one who, who finished them off uh you know well, there's a tease well almost yeah <laughs> there's a dangling thread there too uh but also there you know we're given a glimpse of something later on when astronomer is meeting back up at the clip door there's this like hall of fame pictures one mm-hmm. of which is scorpina mm-hmm. which hints that potentially scorpina was put through the same test that astronomer was mm-hmm. uh, i just again like I, it's amazing what one issue was able to do um, and you know you and mm-hmm. i were talking about it we're chomping at the bit for more we just want them to keep going yeah uh, so, but, uh, sorry to kind of take control of that. Any other thoughts on this issue, Kevin? <laughs> no, I mean, I think it was a lot of fun. Um, I think it does a really good job at taking established lore and building on top of it and really giving us more to know. Um, I, I do think the only thing I had a problem with, and that's just me, is the fact that the fight against the Omega Rangers on Onyx is Astronomer's first mission as Astronomer. And I thought that was interesting with the time frame, like, that it happened so quickly. Um, and the only reason why I say that is, if we follow a similar timeline, so if this is Mighty Morphin Season 2, that's going to be about three years between Season 2 and Tur- and Turbo. So that that's the only thing. I know we're not in the same rules, but, like, it's just Divatox is very young, it looks like, still. And so, I don't know. That's yeah. just me. Like, considering... And maybe I'm thinking too much about it. Maybe I'm just thinking too much into it. But, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, also, that would put their ages at roughly about 16, 17 by time they get on the show. Yeah. And, to be fair, teenagers change in a lot in that time span. I mean, that um, too. And we had, you know, we've had, like, Billy play, you know, David Yost played a 16, 14, 15-year-old Billy when he was, like, in his late 20s. Yeah. I mean, you know time timey-wimey and i mean the fact that like there's some stuff that you have to kind of like gloss over and massage with but it, i think um i think what it adds to this and what it brings to it does not hurt what mm-hmm. we had in a way that's bad and only i think kind of flesh like again yeah. like we said it, it only it's only additive it's not really right 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 it doesn't take too much away yeah. i i i'm fine with this being her first mission um because it's it's just her first mission as astronomer right it's not it's not her like because obviously we saw at the beginning of the issue she's been taking out rangers as k mm-hmm. so this is just her like getting the like blessing of dark specter as she goes and having yeah. more confidence yeah which uh, is true um, Which is also, I think, informs kind of that that moment in Power Rangers Five between Zack and Astronema, where she is like, "I'm going to destroy every Power Ranger," and it, it explains kind of that like intensity of her character. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I I, I like it. Um, 
again, I think we need a Power Rangers Unlimited uh, Viva La Diva issue where mm-hmm. we see uh, Diva Talks be handed to like Mama D and maybe get paired with Elgar for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> and think then it's be... just her her meeting Porto and Rygog and then going on a bunch of heists. Yeah, that would be kind of fun. And we might see something like that. Who knows? But um, yeah, definitely a good issue overall. Um, I know one of the tidbits that popped out with an interview with L.L. McKinney, I don't know if you saw it yet or not, but apparently the Prism Rangers was not the first Ranger team she chose to be killed. Did not know that. Yeah, I think it was an interview with No Pink Spandex. Um, basically, she had another Ranger team she wanted to use, but she was told by the higher-ups that she was not allowed to use them. Which team was it? She didn't did say. Ah. Uh. Yeah. So it it may be nothing. It may just be they felt like that was the team to use. But yeah. who knows? Um, you know, I think a lot of people's first assumption was Die Ranger. Yeah. So I don't know. That is that is interesting. Uh so I, I mean it is I do like the fact that LL McKinney is getting to do all these interviews because she's also revealed the tidbit that um one of the other children in the book is named Mal, mm-hmm. and she confirmed in an interview with Ranger Command that that character will eventually become Malagor from the Power Rangers Turbo movie, because mm-hmm. she was trying to tie that in in a way, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting, and you and I have kind of discussed what we think that was, Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's very, it's so, again, uh, I can't I can't say enough how I think they, this is so cool that this issue in one single issue does so much. <laughs> um, I do need a Power Rangers Unlimited issue that focuses on Ecliptor because I really want to know uh, when he became a tits out kind of guy. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is fascinating to me that he is a character that wears clothes and then we get to his face and he's just like, nah, I'm letting all this hang out. <laughs> uh, Good night, everybody. <laughs> Whatever. It was funny. I'm sure someone laughed. Maybe. <laughs> You're the one bombing. <laughs> so rude. <laughs> uh, know your words. You will be lip syncing tonight. <laughs> if I will lip sync, I will lip sync because I am bleeping bleep ready. Oh, as you tear away to a terrible, terrible dance outfit. <laughs> I guess it was terrible. It was a terrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Good I'm night. We're home. done. Podcast is over. Uh, <laughs> I'm going home. Whoa. All right, Dayla. Wait, okay, so we'll kind of wrap up uh, our discussion of Air to Darkness here. Yes. Uh, one last thing before we go. Uh, we want to remind everyone, um, by the time you'll be listening to this, it'll actually be the day of. Uh, the Hasbro Pulse Fan Fest will be occurring on Friday, April 9th, today, <laughs> as this episode releases. Um, so they'll be doing different events throughout the day today, um, where they'll be ta- uh, you know, highlighting the different brands that they own. Um, there will be a Power Rangers panel. As mm-hmm. of right now, we don't have a time for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the panelists will the panel be hosted by John, Loretta, and Paul from the Hasbro Power Rangers brand team. And the blurb that Hasbro has released for it is the Hasbro Power Rangers team will share more phenomenal news and updates around the expanding Lightning Collection product line. Power Ranger fans will get early looks at cool new action figures coming soon, as well as a sneak peek at what's coming up later this year. It's Morphin time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, 
the big there's a lot that they could reveal here mm-hmm. um we've discussed we think probably the tmnt power rangers stuff will get dropped here mm-hmm. um possibly the a squad rangers that we know supposedly are coming mm-hmm. and there oh, there's even the monsters that haven't gotten revealed yet uh but this will be exciting uh it's interesting that they're doing a Hasbro event when they haven't shipped Wave 8 from Pulse yet, but mm. that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, at least yours haven't been cancelled yet. I I mean, yet is the word, right? <laughs> no. Like, say people will say what they will about Hasbro, Pulse. Like, sure, it might run a little bit later than the stores get them, but they have to remember that at least it's pretty much guaranteed if you lock that pre-order in. You yeah, just have to be patient. What, Kevin, in this fandom? Patience? Mm, asking too much. But um, if you're listening to this, definitely check and see if the panel has aired yet. Um, there will also be an event on Thursday, April 8th, but since this is releasing afterwards, it's kind of not important (laughs) Mm -hmm. but you know again look out for this i'm sure some new reveals will be dropped it'll be interesting if we even get a tease for what's coming in dino fury Mm -hmm. um because we've also seen kind of through leaks uh pictures of the dino fury gold figure and the void knight figure that are coming so i'm sure Mm -hmm. they'll have some dino fury news as well so definitely check that out with that that kind of wraps up everything for our episode today um as always if you want to reach out to the podcast you can do so through social media you know we're on twitter at may the power pod or if you want to send us an email you can reach us at may the power pod at gmail.com feel free to send comments suggestions critiques uh topic ideas or even if you're interested in coming on as a special guest we are Mm -hmm. actively sourcing these we are looking for people we're trying to get things scheduled we're going to bring some people in and discuss fun topics that they want to discuss uh so if you're interested hit us up either on twitter or via email uh you know let us know your name let us know how we're able to contact you um, and what potential topic you'd want to discuss and we'll kind of work to schedule that out with you Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you want to find me on social media, you can find me online at Thespis Punk on most social media. And where can they find you, Kevin? At BridgeMT3 on Twitter. Uh, and so, again, before we go, thank you guys for listening. We, you know, do this for fun to talk, but also it's great that people want to listen to us. So, again, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, and with that, as always, May the power protect you.